Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Now it's time to take a sports break, a look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to your sports break for this November 1st, All Saints Day, as sports history is made each day of the year. And we try to preserve at least a small sampling from some of the great athletes every day based on the uniform numbers that they wore when they accomplished it on today's November 1st episode. But before we get to those uniform numbers, let's make sure that you know we have a newsletter. You can get it each and every day, 6.30 a.m. Easy to sign up. Go to the show notes of this podcast or Pigskin Dispatch or Jersey Dispatch for the email subscription to get everything that's going on in the pig pen for each and every day, including our podcasts and articles. Now, November 1st, your uniform numbers. We're going to talk about numbers 35, 3, 11, 39, 92, 32, number 1, 16, 32, 17, 13, 88, 23, 8, 80, 83, 1, 71, 4, and then number 13, which we've already said three times. Uh, November 1st, 1913, Notre Dame upsets Army 35-13 to in the college's inaugural football game uh, between the two. Quarterback Gus Dorius threw 14, I'm sorry, sorry, threw 17 passes and connected on 14 of them for 243 yards and two touchdowns. And a receiver, a guy by the name of Newt Rockney, maybe you've heard of him, he used the forward pass effectively in that game, catching some great passes uh, from Gus Dorius. Of course, Newt Rockney would go on to coach Notre Dame just about a, less than a decade later. November 1st, 1924, the Boston Bruins officially joined the National Hockey League, becoming the first team from the United States to enter into the league. The Montreal Maroons also joined the NHL, but they only lasted uh, about a little over a decade and a half until 1938 when they folded. November 1st, 1938, National League batting champion Ernie Lombardi, number 35 of the Cincinnati Reds, was named the National League's most valuable player. Uh, the ca- first catcher to ever win that award in the Boston Red Sox first baseman number three Jimmy Fox took home the American League Most Valuable Player Award uh, for that division. Uh, November 1st, 1950, the Boston Celtics forward Chuck Cooper, number 11, became the first African American to play in the National Basketball Association in Boston's 107-84 loss to the Fort Wayne Pistons. Future Hall of Famer Bob Cousy also debuted for the Celtics. So a couple great stars going there and the, wearing the shamrocks on their uniforms that day. November 1st, 1951, the Brooklyn Dodgers catcher number 39, Roy Campanella, won the first of his three National League Most Valuable Player awards. 
November 1st, 1953, Herb Thomas, driving his own number 92 Hudson Hornet, wraps up the NASCAR Grand National Championship with a 14th place finish on a 100-mile finale at Atlanta's Lakewood Speedway. Thomas was the first repeat champion of that series. November 1st, 1959, future Pro Football Hall of Fame running back, number 32, Jim Brown, ran for five touchdowns in the Cleveland Browns' 38-31 victory over the Baltimore Colts at Memorial Stadium. And then November 1st, 1959, Montreal Canadiens goaltender Jacques Plante, number one, became the first NHL netminder to wear a fiberglass protective face mask. And what a safety feature that is. Great idea by Jacques. November 1st, 1964, Cleveland running back Jim Brown in the news again as he rushed for 149 yards in the Browns' 30-17 win at Pittsburgh to become the first NFL player to exceed 10,000 yards in a career rushing the football. So Jim Brown had quite a day on November 1st. A couple items from him. November 1st, 1964, staying in football. This time it's Houston Oilers quarterback number 16, George Blanda of the AFL squad at that time. Well, he attempted an AFL record of 68 passes, having 37 of them completed in a 24-10 loss versus the Buffalo Bills at War Memorial Stadium there in western New York. November 1st, 1964, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback number 16, Len Dawson, passed for 435 yards and six touchdowns in his team's 49-39 victory over the Denver Broncos at Municipal Stadium. November 1st, 1966, L.A. Dodgers pitcher Sandy Koufax, wearing that number 32 jersey he made so famous, became the first three-time winner of the Cy Young Award. It was a unanimous winner for the second straight year, final year that only one award was giving to pitchers in both major leagues. Of course, uh, you know, 1967, they started going one for the American, one for the National. November 1st, 1968, Detroit pitcher Denny McLean, number 17, was named the unanimous American League Cy Young Award winner after finishing the Major League Baseball season with a 31-6 record uh, for the World Series winning Tigers. November 1st, 1987, the New York Jets retired Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver Don Maynard's jersey, that number 13 he made famous. November 1st, 1992, another Jets receiver, number 88, Al Toon, became the 10th NFL player to make a reception in 100 straight games. The Jets that day beat the Miami Dolphins 26-24 at the Meadowlands. November 1st, 1994, the Chicago Bulls organization, well, they retired a basketball superstar jersey. Michael Jordan's number 23 was hung from the rafters in a two-hour ceremony at the United Center where he played so many games and did so many amazing things in Michael Jordan. Well, another great basketball star, November 1st, 1996, Shaquille O'Neal, wearing a number 32, made his Hollywood debut as the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Phoenix Suns 96-82 at the Forum in Inglewood. O'Neal scored 23 points and pulled out 14 rebounds in 35 minutes of action. November 1st, 1997, the Louisiana State University running back, number 33, Kevin Falk, rushed for 212 yards and a school record five touchdowns in a 63-28 win at Kentucky's Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington. November 1st, 1997, North Carolina State University wide receiver number 81, Torrey Holt, caught five touchdown passes in a 48-35 loss 
to the Florida State Seminoles at Doak Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee. November 1st, 1998, Steve Young, wearing number eight, and Jerry Rice, number 80, hooked up for their 80th career touchdown in the 49ers' 36-22 loss to the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. They eclipsed the previous NFL mark held by Miami Dolphins tandem of Dan Marino, who wore 13, and Mark Clayton, his receiver, number 83. November 1st, 2003, the University of Pittsburgh wide receiver who wore number one, Larry Fitzgerald, established a new NCAA record with a touchdown reception in his 14th straight game as the Pittsburgh uh, Panthers defeated Boston College 24-13 at Alumni Stadium. Pitt retired Fitz's jersey soon after he was done playing ball. That number one hung up in the locker and uh, behind glass. November 1st, 2006, Russian-born hockey player number 71, Ivan J. Malkin, scored in a first period to become the first National Hockey League player in 89 years with goals in his first six games as the Pittsburgh Penguins defeated the LA Kings 4-3 in Los Angeles. November 1st, 2010, at the World Series, San Francisco's Giants beat the Texas Rangers 3-1 in Game 5 at Arlington to clinch the Giants' first title since relocating from New York City in 1958. Most valuable player was a San Francisco shortstop, number 16, Edgar Renteria. November 1st, 2015, at the World Series, the Kansas City Royals won their first title since 1985. They had to rally in the ninth and break away in the 12th to beat the New York Mets 7-2 in Game 5 in New York City. Most valuable player was Royals catcher Salvador Perez, who wore the number 13 that year. And finally, November 1st, 2017, another World Series, as the Houston Astros won their first ever title, defeating the LA Dodgers 5-1 in Game 7 at Dodgers Stadium. Most valuable player was Astros outfielder number four, George Springer the third. And that is your sports history, your sports break for November 1st. So glad that you could join us. We had a lot to talk about. A lot of great plays and events happened with some great athletes and great uniform numbers to talk about. So thank you for joining us for this whole time. Hope you join us each and every day for more. Remember, sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, and our favorite jerseydispatch.com for all your great sports history needs. Till tomorrow, everybody, have a great sports history day. Sorry, but my pitching coach just called timeout and he's coming out to the mound. I think I'm going to get yanked for a reliever. We'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, 
here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.